what? I pressed record and then I stopped being out of here, but then it went back. What? Are we recording now? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just that as soon as I pressed record, I lost all hearing. Just another smooth beginning we by love, Josie and Mel. We love smooth beginnings. From All Aussie Mystery Hour. Remember when we had like one of our guests? Yes. Oh, maybe it was Alicia. Maybe it was even one of our male colleagues. Yeah. And they were waiting for like oh, some yes. like introduction and they were just like hi and they're like has it started it's never smooth up in this bitch hello everyone that proved that they've never listened to the podcast yeah it did because they would know i love catching people out that don't listen (laughs) kate mason doesn't (gasps) listen well she won't hear this kate mason is a cunt and she wouldn't (gasps) even she wouldn't know because she doesn't listen you know what i've never liked her <laughs> I'm actually kidding. I've actually known her longer than I've known you. I know. Um, hi, everyone. Hi Sorry, everyone. I ruined your greeting before. No, I'm that was just me. I don't know. I'm in a loving mood today. Mel and I are in very zesty moods. We've been zesty all our vo. Um, why? I don't know. I don't know. Why. We're just in, like perving on dudes and mm. like, <laughs> not, like on Instagram, which still sounds yeah, weird. I'm digging a hole here. Bad. Anyway, we've been like, being sassy and playing Taylor Swift mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. playing like ACDC. It's been like a mood today. It has been. Uh, but it's, it's Friday. Friday. It's why. Friday. And yeah. that was always our excuse to not be like researched. Mm. And guess what, Josie? I'm actually super researched today. I forced Mel to do a serious, not serious, but like no more monsters. No. Just I've, for this yeah. episode because we've done two funny ones in a row. I know. And to be and fair, she was like, I no. lean on them. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was like that. And they kept like being like. <sighs> and like groaning at a desk. I'm like, this is welcome to researching a murder. Well, the reason it's hard is because when I do a monster, I don't feel like I have to try. Yes. Because you don't have to respect any victims <laughs> no. or anything. Because you're like, did this happen? Probably not. <laughs> it doesn't have to worry about like. You know, defaming people yeah. or like lying. I yeah. can just say things. The Yowie's not going to sue us for defo. No, but that would be pretty funny if it did. I would love that. <laughs> I'd be open to it. Class action lawsuit from like a group of Yowies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Um, I have no newsy things. There's no like mystery minutes that isn't mystery minutes to talk about um, right now. What did I think the other day? Oh, you know what I was going to talk about real quick. What? I'm fucking obsessed with Fleabag and I just oh, want to yeah. like, even though it has nothing to do with anything to do with mysteries or murder or anything, I just wanted to tell everybody that I'm really obsessed with it. I'm stayily on board, like you know, stale levels are on board. You know how I talked about Killing Eve? Yeah. The creator of yeah. Fleabag created Killing yeah, Eve. Yeah, I know. So you would maybe like Killing Eve? I would, but Fleabag I just love because she's just like, I can't even explain it. It's so very much my life. I'm a bit like I don't want to watch it for that yeah. reason. Oh, okay. Because I <laughs> Thank think you no, because I think I'll also be like, oh, you know, because I feel like a lot of women can relate to her. Yeah. But sometimes I don't like that. I yeah. like more of an escapist. Oh, uh, yeah. Experience. Yes. Rather, that's why I didn't like girls because like she was getting a pap smear. I'm like, I got a pap smear yesterday. I don't oh, need to see yeah. Lena Dunham getting a pap smear. Yeah, fair. Okay. Or it's I love just that. a bit yeah, too real for me. So I don't know it's if I'll real. love it. I'm a bit more. I'm watching this show called The Boys. Oh yeah. And it is so fucked up. It's so funny. It's like a, a superhero show, but like not. It's based on a comic, and it's like the secrets behind 
like an Avengers type group. Oh yeah, called the Seven, and they're all so fucked up, like really immoral, and they're run by a big corporation. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, and so it starts with this isn't spoiling anything because it happens in the first episode, but they're basically like a normal person, like a tragedy happens. Mm to him because of one of these superheroes so then he kind of teams up with these underground guys that are like hoping to take them down and it's really good it's got Carl Urban in it who's a great Kiwi actor who the fuck is that he's really handsome he was in like Lord of the Rings and stuff oh okay he's great and it's got Meg Ryan's son in it okay so some just weird sort of yeah half known actors yeah. is what you're telling me here. oh it's got Chase Crawford in it from Gossip Girl oh my god this sounds like the this sounds horrible and there he are three is, people that don't make – they're just three random I know, but nobodies. he is, like, really good in it because his character's, like – Is the, he still hot? Yeah, he's really <laughs> handsome. And that's, like, part of the shtick. But his character is, a like, an Aquaman type. Oh, yeah. And so none of them respect him. He's, like, the misfit of his <laughs> <laughs> superhero thing. And so he's really, like, sad all the time. It's very funny. I highly it's recommend fun. it's on Amazon. So is Fleabag, actually. They're both on Amazon yeah. Prime. This is not sponsored by Amazon no, Prime. No, but I wish it was. But if they want to sponsor us, <laughs> I'll watch the boys all day long. We'll just talk only <laughs> about Fleabag. Um, I also wanted to mention, and I haven't seen the movie, and we're, both of us haven't seen the movie yet, so we're not going to oh talk about God, it. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. And we don't want you to talk about it in the don't group. Don't talk about it in the because group. Because we want to watch it Don't first. spoil it. Um, and then we won't talk about it in the group. After we've watched it. Well, let's give everyone two weeks to see it and then we can start discussing it. It's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. Um, I was in LA last week. Oh, I was in LA last week. I was just in LA, was LA just in for LA work. Last week for work. Uh, I just... Uh. I was there on business and I flew business because <laughs> I was there on business. So what of it? <laughs> um, and I um, went to the restaurant uh, mm. that Sharon Tate ate at. Yes. Before she went home and then obviously died. So the group of people that went back to her house. Yes. So the her, Jay Sebring, Abigail Folger, and I've forgotten the other guy's name. Um, they all went to dinner at El Dorado, sat in this booth that I was literally directly oh, opposite Christ. and ate like dinner, obviously, <laughs> and then went home and then the horrible events happened. Yes. Um. And the restaurant has not changed. Everything is the same. And my friend Izzy was actually telling me that not because it hadn't changed, when they shut it for filming for two days, they literally didn't have to add anything or oh take anything away because it is just the same. Like Fuck. the decor is the decor, the decor, <laughs> the decor. <laughs> the decor is just like super, super like 50s, 60s bullshit. It's all mm. like red leather booths and stuff and the food is probably the same too because it's that kind of awful like Tex-Mex <laughs> slop yeah. but yeah. delicious uh the burrito was like the size of my arm and I ate the whole thing Yum. because I'm disgusting and yeah it was just really a good time and then I felt like a bit of a creep because I was so into the fact that I was sitting near their table that they ate their last meal at and that's kind of disgusting and fucked up but also you know what we're all disgusting and fucked up here dark tourism man yeah it's we happening. are fucked up people we're just curious. I just, yeah, I just, it. I'm inquisitive. Um, mm. And yeah, so I can't wait to see the movie because then I'll be like, I was there. Mm -hmm. And you know what else? No spoilers. You know what? This is such a stale warning because we're recording it on Friday yeah. and it won't go out till Tuesday. There could be spoilers all weekend yeah. of the movie and also Mindhunter season two. Oh, yeah. Which I'm 
not going to get through this weekend. Is it out now? Today? It's out today. Oh. My God, I'm so excited. Mm. Love Mind Hunter. Don't spoil. Yeah. No spoilers. No spoilers. Just no spoilers. You could write, I, don't, I will accept this. Hey, guys, let's chat Mind Hunter and then post it. And then in the comments, yes. you can put a little yeah. spoil. Yeah, yeah. Because then only the people that want to read, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And even then maybe write spoilers, enter, 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 and then start writing in the comments. So yeah. that it come, you know? Yeah. I just think let's all be good people and help each other out. We want to all have the fun experience. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why we're talking about this <laughs> at length. No own. one's ever done this. No one has <laughs> spoiled anything in the group. Everyone's pretty good. We're on this, we're on this what weird the fuck? crusade. Okay, I'm just going to fucking start. Against spoilers. Um, I'm really excited about this, Josie, because I never do murders. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I hate researching and I don't want to do any work. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I have reread this once, so mm-hmm. I should know what I'm talking about wow. and not come up against a bit of a you know blockade like a Patanella <laughs> style of someone literally but not being the same person or not being on the boat or whatever the fuck happened. I can't remember, but I've blocked it out of my mind. I've blanked That's out a that whole. Someone episode, told though. me. My friend Vic, who listens to the podcast, friend of the podcast, mm. said the other day that Patanella is her favourite episode. And I'm like, you are a high person. It's you so are not fun, normal. Yeah, but it, it, I mean, there's fun, right? <laughs> and then there's like, you literally fucked up a crucial part of musing about what happened. And then we got to the end and we just didn't resolve it. You know, I just think mm. it's anyway, whatever it exists and we're not deleting it because we don't delete our episodes. We don't. They just hang around. We're proud. We own our imperfection. We do. It's what makes us <laughs> human. <laughs> what are we saying? Anyway, I'm talking about Michael Griffey. Don't know him. Literally, Josie doesn't know. I know this story. nothing about what you're going to tell and me. And it's this fucking is why I wild. you practically at gunpoint to do I know. this. I don't even know how I came across this guy. Well, you and put it in the, yeah. You were like, oh, my God, I want to do this. And put it yes. in and then you're like, oh, no. I know. And I've like delayed it and delayed it. But here we are and I'm glad I've done it. But the funny thing with this is I think I was Googling for this season like mysteries. Yes, And more that's right. lesser known mysteries because, you know, we've done a lot of these big ones. Mm-hmm. And the big ones are usually really, really like, you know, very dark. There's like obviously murder is dark mm-hmm. always, but mm-hmm. then there's like you know murder of little kids yes, and like it's always kids. murdering all these innocent women and doing yeah. awful things to them. And I just wanted something that had a bit of a what the fuck yes. element. Okay. So Michael Griffey. Oh, let's do. Um, ugh, I hate doing credits, but you know what? We don't have to. Well, we I'll just do it. Comments. No, the because comments I feel like I the should. The comments of what? <laughs> the comments of like the sound waves. <laughs> Just like subliminal messages <laughs> laid over the bottom. The Australian. <laughs> the age. <laughs> oh my god. I would really appreciate it. I'm gonna whisper them just to make it weird and creepy. Here's here's the credits. The Australian, two thousand and eight. Several Herald Sun articles from twenty fifteen and twenty eighteen. <laughs> the age and unsolved true crime dot com, which is, seems like kind of not a very really reputable website, but Okay, I feel like that was also maybe a bit like ASMR ASMR vibes, but it was pretty funny. And I bet if you weren't fucking listening, you'd you be like, dicks that oh, don't like. What the like, fuck? What the fuck happened? Yeah, the, you're probably like, oh, I zoned out there when Mel and Josie were talking trash yeah. for like 100 years, which you know what? Actually, fair enough. I totally understand I that. I don't even mood. know what the fuck. My we were own eyes about glazed over at my own talking. <laughs> 
<laughs> but if you did, then you were just suddenly like, what the fuck yes. just happened? Yeah. Shit just got weird. I'm mm-hmm. going to start doing it in Why the episodes at random just times. Just randomly whisper. Just randomly sentences. I'm going to whisper things. I'm going to scare you with it. Oh, you think I'm kidding, but I'm not. So Michael Griffey is this 45-year-old baller of a guy. He's like rich as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, he lives in a $500,000 mansion in Pakenham, but this is in 2005. Because I was like, um... Because <laughs> I was like... That's a bargain. I was like, that would get you literally like a converted jail cell now. Like, That'd get you a car park in <laughs> Sydney CBD. Would you like this tiny square foot by square foot little concrete slab with no window it yes. can be yours for one that's million a mansion that's if a you mansion. want it to be where's packing it well sorry um, well it's i i semi looked it up it's you know what melbourne is weird and i don't understand it <laughs> yeah because i don't it either says melbourne in the middle right mm, and mm. there's the water bit which yes. is like st kilda and shit but then there's like this bit over here on the right somewhere and yeah. then i'm like are you in melbourne are you, melbourne? Are you outside of melbourne maybe it's are you like a suburb Parramatta. or are you an area it seemed like Parramatta, like the the like as in not necessarily <laughs> vibes of Parramatta. Uh-huh. It, it i don't know what vibes it has possibly well he had a tennis court so wow, i reckon it was vibes of like vaucluse or Ooh. like north shore but anyway the point being i don't understand you melbourne i don't understand the shape of you and what the boundaries are where it ends yeah you've got like mountain like there's fucking like yarra area yeah. is near you and then it goes and the dandenongs and it's like you're so close and then it to goes them. down to like um where harold holt went. yes don't Julian's get it. brothers living down there at the moment i don't understand what's that called the mornington peninsula yes, area the as well. and is that part of you is that melbourne as well i don't know so Victoria in general is a mystery to me. It's a fucking mess down there, it's a guys. Mess. You're sort a mess. Shit out. You you are a mess actually because your fucking streets are a complete disaster zone, <laughs> absolute disaster to drive. And I know that Sydney's no better. And I cannot talk because you go into Surrey Hills and there's like, oh, oh. here's one way street that leads to nowhere, and you cannot turn around. And you just have to drive around. You in just a have square. to stop and forever <laughs> stay there. You cannot move anymore. You've you've made a wrong turn, and now yeah, this is where you live. Especially around our work, it's <laughs> yeah. very weird. But anyway, um, so it's, uh, assuming it's kind of upmarket vibes, but it really doesn't matter to the story at all. Um, so he lived this kind of pimp life. Like he was a bit of a like, I don't know what you heard about. Why am I doing that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm singing P-I-M-P. Oh, right. I should have just kept going and gone with it. But instead I sort of weirdly <laughs> faded like, out in the middle. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so he has a inverted commas, treasured Monaro. Which what is a car. The hell? Just this loves is his Monaro. This is um, The house had tennis courts, as I said. And I just feel like when you've got tennis courts, you're a rich cunt. That's the sign. Yeah, but maybe it's like nouveau riche. Oh, it's very nouveau like riche. Like he's not classy. Oh, no. He's With not classy. Monaro. Oh, yeah. That's not cool. He's not classy. Um, but he does have a tennis court, Josie. So uh, we know he's important. Yeah. Because he has a tennis court. Mm-hmm. And uh, no one has a tennis court in their property. No. Unless they... Uh, saying I'm a rich cunt. So he also had another house in Phillip Island because mm-hmm. he was married to Diane Griffey, but they had split up, but it was kind of amicable. Um, so he was kind of back and forth between Phillip Island and his Packenham home. Like it wasn't right. like this like divorce where they were like, we're never speaking again. Right. Perhaps. He was like... He kind of stayed there and stuff. Like it wasn't... Did they yeah. have kids? Yeah. So they had three kids. Natasha, who was 19 back at the time when all this is going on, Kenny, 18, and Cassandra, 16. Right. And they all lived in Pakenham with their mum. 
Right. So and he had moved to Phillip Island during the, after the divorce, oh. but then had stayed amicable and kept okay. going back. Okay, so they had the tennis court, not him. Well, he had it because he would go back there and he had it right. before the divorce as well. So even though he's this rich bastard, he wasn't actually a bastard. Um, mm-hmm. He was big on community staff. He supported district clubs and charities. And he also coached the Pakenham under-12s cricket team. Um, it's very wholesome. And the best quote ever from unsolvedtruecrime.com that isn't going to make sense because I did leave a bit out that I'm going to have to add in, but I'm going to add it in after this and explain it to you. Okay. Michael had been a coach for the Pakenham under-12s cricket side and had often picked up the team in one of his limousines. (laughs) (laughs) And at first I was like, okay, this guy's just like gone over the top with his Yeah, one of his many limousines. thrusting. (laughs) But uh, he owned a limousine company. Oh. So the ways he made his money was he and Diane had started up a plaster moving company, which is like those people, like I knew a person once who literally only went into buildings and installed door frames. Like that's all he did. Wow. A niche. A niche market. And Mm. that's how you make your fucking money. Yeah. It's like, you know what? It's like anesthesiologists. Yes. Specialists. you, You literally walk in. And you stick a thingy in someone's arm and you're like, tweet a little, little, here's all the little drugs you're yeah. getting. Boom, you're not going to die. I mean, look, you probably have a lot of liability on your die, job. Yeah. I mean, but do people normally die of anesthesia? That's how Kanye West's mum died. <gasps> people can have a reaction. Oh, no. So that's what they're there for. They're there to like monitor your heart. Oh, my heart God, now I'm stuff. scared. I never want to go to hospital ever again. Okay. I'm just not going. If well, I, I have if to, I have a, <laughs> I have to push I have something out of my tooth, body. Soon. I want you to rip it out. Okay, here with no anesthesia. <laughs> Me, not trained at all. Just you. Okay, I'll do it. I trust you. Um, so yeah. So anyway, he's a nice guy, according to general people. Not that they mean much, because everyone's a fucking nice guy these days. Yeah, fucking serial killers are nice bloke. guys. Oh yeah, he was so unassuming. Fucking Ted Bundy seemed like a nice he was guy. Lovely. So <laughs> lovely guy. Lovely guy. Um, So Michael goes missing on the 29th of December 2005. According to reports from the Australian, police alleged in court that he'd driven up to his Pakenham home at about 8am on that day from the family's beach house in San Remo because they always had a fucking beach house. So the three houses going on here. Yep. Um, To talk about finance, financing their son Kenny's sprint car racing team. Oh, Christ, it is Bogan. They're cashed up Bogans. Cashed up Bogans. So he's missing for quite a few days. And then on the 2nd of January, 2006, Diane, so his estranged wife, and their daughter, Cassandra, who was 16, Mm -hmm. find his body in the garage (gasps) at 9.45pm. Wait, how long was he missing? He was missing since the 29th of December, so like... (laughs) I have to do maths. Wait, what was the date? Like four days. Oh, right. Four days. And they found his body in the garage of the house that they were living in? Yes. Wow. Yes. Um... amazing oh my god um so the family also weirdly had a new year's eve party at the house and some of the reports said michael was killed on new year's eve but most reports said the 29th of december including like that whole herald sun series so i feel like some other person fucked it and the herald sun i'm gonna go with them because they had the most articles on it they really followed the case oh yes um because this is like so it's not there wasn't any wikipedia for me to follow yeah so they're like they have a fucking new year's eve party and no one though he's missing yeah they're like which is weird which is but look this is the i mean like we're gonna come to some of this later but it's just confusing to me so his daughter's like only 16 super young and she's the first to figure out that something was off saying she smelled quote something rotting no before spotting blankets and blood 
His body was covered in a tarp, but Cassandra said that she saw sun, his sunnies sticking out the side and some of his thongs, so she didn't lift she didn't anything. She was just like, oh my, oh, my God. Um, they immediately called triple zero, but Diane was apparently overwhelmed during the call and put Cassandra on. And I just oh, I just feel so much for this, like, teenager. Oh, that's horrible. It's just awful. So police examine the body and they find three lacerations on his head that they determined to be fatal, as well as a defence injury on his wrist. They deduced that the injuries were caused by a blunt instrument, but an undetermined instrument, although a wood splitter was found in the house and was seized during investigations. His wallet and phone are missing. Two pages of his diary have been ripped out and $1,000 from a safe has been taken, but only three people had the safe combination. Weirdly, I cannot for the life of me find out who these three people were. I'm pretty confident he was one and I'm pretty confident Diane was the other because they were in business together, but I don't know who this third person was. Mm. The killer. People also discovered two life insurance policies no. valued at $1.54 million. No. Diane was the beneficiary. <gasps> yeah. So in 2007, Diane was charged with murder. Oh, my God. Then during preliminary hearings of the trial against Diane, Cassandra confessed to the murder... What? Yep. The little 16-year-old yep. girl? Yep. The trial was adjourned while police investigated this confession, but soon after the police said the confession wasn't credible as it was found that her version of events did not match key evidence in the crime. So no charges were ever made against her. Let's also remember she was like 16. I think she would have been 17 years old at this point or 18. She's like still pretty fucking young. And so she just didn't want her it was very to go to jail probably. Well, yeah, it just very much reminded me a bit of like Brendan Dassey vibes of like Ugh. just like – pressure yeah and shit but anyway but we'll come back to that because who knows diane pleaded not guilty mm-hmm. and the case was actually dropped in 2008 because there wasn't enough evidence against her to convict her well yeah i was gonna say yeah. like was it just the life insurance well no there's more to come oh. but it became a cold case and has stayed so ever since oh my god so there's plenty of fucking sus stuff we're going to go through person by person because oh, it's just a minefield. Okay. But obviously it doesn't seem like a random attack because you've got the safe open mm. and the phone and the wallet are gone and the diary particularly is Yes, sus. what did the diary say? Yeah, and he's also kind of... We're talking a planner, right? Not, dear diary, today I well, went I don't to my know. third house. I think it was that. Oh. But I don't know because I would think, why would you pull two pages out of a planner? Because it might say meeting with- men with... Wood splitting business. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who knows? So let's obviously start with Diane Mm because she was the one that was charged with it, even though she was, um, the case was dropped against her. So Diane and Michael met in Ballarat and they moved to Melbourne together, which is when they formed the company DNM Plaster Transport. Super original name, DNM, guys. I love it. <laughs> um, they were real go-getters business-wise because they launched the limousine service a couple of years later. Right. That's how they made their money. So when they separated, they still continued to kind of live together, like I said, harmoniously, like in periods. At least that's what reports I read said. Okay. Um, Diane even knew about Michael's affairs with other women and apparently mm. would call his mistress, who we'll get to soon, and chat amicably with her at times. So it was very what? like this very modern, relaxed kind of relationship. It was kind of like, okay, I don't want to be married to you, but I don't like fucking hate you and want you to yeah. necessarily die. I've got kids. Yep. And there's a lot of mentions of sex. Like he mm. had, they, they still would have sexual relations oh, and all these things. It was very like guys. weird. Like I just don't feel like we needed that specific element so diane you're better than that yeah don't yeah don't have sex with your ex diane who's like 
been swinging it around yeah. town. Was he a fat man? Um, he looks. I actually can't. No, I feel like a little bit. Like he was kind of bald. I think. I picture him as quite portly. Yeah, he's a portly man. Yes, he's not like mm. a fat man. He's more like a stocky. Yes, that's what I picture. Yeah. Um, friends said Michael had never said a bad word about Diane, and once during a health scare he had because he had a bit of a few health problems. Because um, he was portly. Because he was portly. He told Diane she was the only woman he ever loved. Aww. But there was tension between them over money. Uh, there always is. Always it's is. always money, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Bloody hell. So apparently Michael complained to his friends about his wife's financial dealings and said he, she'd recently written a number of checks that had bounced. Ooh. And the transport company they owned, so limo company, was facing financial hardship in the months leading up to his death. Then in 2008, so this is after his death, mm-hmm. it was revealed that the company actually had owed a million dollars to the tax office and over 100000 to other creditors. So they're in serious trouble. They're in some serious financial shit. Here's a quote from The Australian. It says, An Australian taxation office audit revealed the pair had incorrectly claimed $1,072,484 in fuel rebates for their fleet of five trucks as well as not paying enough GST. So it was some pretty yeah, shady they were being shit. Dodgy. They were being dodgy and then they got caught for it. Greedy bastards. Um, and the Australian then reported that friends of Michael's told police Diane was running the books for the company and along with writing the bouncing checks was dipping into the finances to support a mm. gambling habit. Diane. Yeah. Aww. Well, these are friends of Michael's. Okay. So I'm going to take it with a grain of salt, but there's that same kind of vibe again coming up. Close friend Darren DeLarland. I thought it was Deland, but it's actually DeLarland. 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 <laughs> Darren DeLarland <laughs> reportedly told police, quote, Michael has spoken to me about money problems with Diane. He didn't say that they were broke. It was more about Diane's mismanagement with money. He said that Diane was writing out checks for various things and they were bouncing because there was no money in the accounts or they'd been closed. A couple of months ago, Michael had mentioned that he had discovered an account that should have been in the black but was in fact 180 grand in the Whoa. red. He said that he felt he couldn't trust Diane anymore and that she'd let him down. So that was a couple of months ago and he was talking at the case with Diane. So it was like a couple of months before his death, basically. Darren also said that Michael had joked about how he got life insurance in the 12 months leading up to his death and that he was, quote, worth more dead to Diane than alive. Oh, my God. But then that seems like a weird thing to say too. So I don't know. Who talks like that? I know. (laughs) Actually, people do talk like that. Yeah, they do. Like that kind of black humour. Yeah. Um, so in the end, after all of this case business with, that got dropped against her, Diane got the policies paid out, but she still ended up declaring bankruptcy on June the 2nd, 2014, which her son Kenny told the Herald Sun was because of a large tax bill. So basically she got the money, but then the business went bust anyway and she had to file for bankruptcy. So it's all a bit, mm, it's mm-hmm. a lot of money, weird things. Interestingly as well, Diane remarried after Michael's death to their friend Rodney Meekins, but... The Australian reported that a loan to their plaster company had a weird element to it. It was approved by GE Money for a loan of $99,916 for a new truck. P.S. I'm so, like, off all this money. Like, I do not talk financial things. My dad is an accountant, <laughs> but, like, I don't, I can't get my head around. I can barely add up, as yeah. we've seen. I couldn't figure out how many days were between when he died and when he was found. <laughs> so this is – but it's a lot of money things, but it just is all kind of the shady shit, really. Yes. So this $99,000 thing for a new truck – but amendments in the documents revealed that instead of the money going to Berwick Nissan, which is, I guess, where they were buying the truck from, mm-hmm. $35,670 went to an auto parts recycling company run by Rodney Meekins. Oh. 
which is weird. They were being so sus. And to her then yeah. future husband after mm-hmm. her husband dies, weird. So, I don't know, I don't want to say that because I might be jumping ahead. Also, maybe defaming. Oh, so her. many elements there I was just happening. thinking maybe Michael wasn't the only one stepping out when they were still married slash well, together. It says Miss Griffey's boyfriend, Rodney Meekins, but I couldn't tell if that was happening while, like, Michael was alive or if they meant, like, now boyfriend now and then boyfriend. they got married. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. really confusing because there's no timeline. Ugh, there's just a whole bunch of articles. They always need a timeline. Yeah. And there so, never is. And yeah. that's why I spend hours doing these murder cases. Well, and that's why I and spend why two you, hours and then fuck it up. hours doing it. <laughs> but I just wonder if maybe that's why she was pretty chill with him having side flings. Well, they weren't because they weren't he, together. If he, if she... If she was also had a boyfriend yeah. and he had a mistress. I mean, it was not really a mistress me. if they're not together. Yeah, I know. They call her his mistress a lot in all the articles. Yeah. But, yeah, it's kind of weird. I, I assume she was someone he was still with and seeing while he was with Diane officially mm. as, as her husband. Sounds very messy. It's messy. Josie, it's very messy. So one of the – also with Diane, one of the reasons she was charged in the first place was she actually described a striped bed sheet that covered Michael's body when they found him. Mm. But Prosecutor Boris Kayser had said in court, as reported by The Age, which I have to say all of that because for legal reasons, yes. that a statement from an ambulance officer provided, quote, ample evidence – end quote, for a jury to find Griffey guilty. He said he could not lift a canvas that covered the body as it seemed stuck to the ground by dried blood, which is gross, after he arrived on January 2. So this is the ambulance officer. Mm -hmm. Can't lift this tarp off the floor. Um, But under that is where the sheet was. Oh, so how could she have possibly seen it? And she had said, yeah, and she had said, like, so, and this is after she'd called triple zero. So this is stuck down. Mm. So she calls triple zero, the ambulance turns up and then they can't get the tarp off and yeah. underneath the tarp is where the sheet was. So how the fuck would so she So why would she know it was there? Unless she fucking put it there. That's what they were thinking. Mm. Um, and they also said that you couldn't see it under the tarp. You couldn't see yeah, right. the sheet. Um, also, Diane had said Michael had texted her twice on the day of his murder, but in court, Sergeant Robertson told the court that the messages that were sent seem to provide a false alibi and a false motive and each was sent and received through the same telecommunications tower, which uh, is very serial. So it's like and confusing someone to me. else had the phone. Well, it's like I think just, they were implying yeah. or like, you know, sus on her whether she had sent the text or somebody house, else yeah. in the house had sent them yeah. and so it was like pinging back. Yeah. Um, very serial. So there's Diane. There's a few red flags there's there. There's a few red flags around Diane at the moment. Gillian yeah. Gould, which is the mistress I keep talking okay. about. The mistress. So she, they'd been seeing each other for five years, Gillian and Michael. And she'd also known Diane and Michael for a long time as a couple. This is messy. Yeah. So she said on the day that Michael disappeared that he'd called her and she'd missed it. Quote, he told me he was going to foster and he wouldn't have any coverage. So I was surprised when I got a call from him. That's from the Herald Sun. And she was also the person that filled out the missing persons report, which is equally strange to me, given that they had the New Year's Eve party at the house. Right? Do you know what I'm saying? When does she file the missing persons report? I don't know. (laughs) But but she filed a missing persons report Mm. within that four days somewhere. Mm -hmm. But Diane didn't. 
Diane didn't. Yeah, but then this is where the miscommunications could happen because I think Diane and Gillian did talk, but I don't think they were like besties or anything. Yeah, and like if he's just kind of visiting Diane sporadically. Yeah. Maybe she just wouldn't see him for four days, theoretically. Well, this is what I mean. And it's Whereas, also like... Um, Gillian, you know, he said, I'm going away. Yeah. I won't be in coverage. That says to me they had a relationship where he needed to kind of say where he was going to be. Yeah. Whereas maybe with the ex-wife, maybe she wouldn't see him for five days or whatever. And so it wouldn't be weird. Yeah. And that's what I mean. And also it's that kind of thing like, you know, when kids sadly go missing sometimes and mm. they're like, I was at, they, they've said that they were going to blah, blah's house mm. and then they didn't and they did something else. And so the parents don't worry for quite a while because yes. they assume they're at blah, blah's house. And then, you know, yeah, like I, it feels like a little bit like that. Like if this guy is actually technically single, he's got multiple women that he's seeing. Yeah. He may not be giving informa- full information to all of them. So it, it does make yeah. sense how he could, kind of disappear for a few days and actually with the new year's eve party Mm. i just had a thought if diane figured he was with jillian or they were on the outs or they weren't really talking Mm. maybe it wouldn't be weird that they had a new year's eve party and he just wasn't there and no one knew where he was yeah maybe he just like wasn't in that direct circle of yeah it's like my parents wouldn't report me missing anymore because i don't talk to them sometimes for a few days exactly Whereas you guys and Julian, like mm. my workmates and Julian, if I didn't show up for work, yes. you guys would be the ones to go, hang on, Josie didn't show up today. Even Julian saying goodbye in the morning yeah. wouldn't know. You guys would know at like 3 p.m. Exactly. <laughs> showed up. So exactly. it's like there's all different people in your life and not all of them know your whereabouts at all times. Exactly. And it sounds like this guy had a lot of different fucking people in his life. He did. Um so Gillian has said that Michael didn't trust his wife due to the bouncing checks and that he was embarrassed and distressed as people that he knew at the bank were calling him up about them. And this was confirmed by a friend of Michael's that said that they discussed the $5,000 check that had bounced prior to New, New Year's. $500,000? The, the $5,000. Oh. Sorry. However, Gillian had also mentioned a more recent will had been made and that the two had been planned to wed soon, but there was no evidence of this that's ever been found. It's just Gillian's word. Right. Wait, what was in the will? Well, here we go. I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So she told the Herald Sun in 2018, there was definitely another will. He discussed it with me. They were separating. Might have been different if they had been more amicable, but she, Diane, was trying to discredit him. He didn't want anything more to do with her. So while I had all these reports that they were amicable, Mm. Gillian's take was that they weren't as amicable, or at least at that time they weren't. And it was becoming less amicable with all the money shit. Yes, and she actually had a weird take on Diane in general. She said, quote, she, Diane, knew we were together. She didn't want him, but she didn't want anyone else to have him. Mm-hmm. So Gillian's perception of Diane was mm-hmm. that she was a bit more of a jealous person and she was also like they had a really shit relationship, him, her and um, Michael, right. and that there was this whole other will that mm-hmm. Michael allegedly was making or right. had made that gave Julian the money. Right. Yeah, so it's all, I mean, again. That in itself is quite convenient. Well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. it's, it's like a lot of he, he said, she said, she yes. said, she said yes. stuff because yeah. there's a lot of people in this that have a stake on this mm. masses of money. Um, but also, like I mentioned at the beginning, Michael didn't just have Jillian that he was seeing as oh, well as Diane. Michael. He apparently had many affairs. He was a bit of a Harold Holt. Oh. Um, he had paid a deposit on another Packenham home for one woman and was paying the Whoa. mortgage. Yeah, was paying the mortgage or rent of another woman in Canberra 
Canberra. Yeah. So he had like <laughs> other chicks on the go or yeah. who he had had on the go or whatever. So there's, there's other women around Fuck. that he had some kind of relation, at least a financial relationship with. Jesus. I know. And the Australian actually said that he maintained a separate mobile phone, used internet dating, and was still sleeping with Diane. So there's a lot of. Wow. There's, a, there's multiple mess. reports that he had. He all had these a other, sex phone. I love it. He had a sex phone. <laughs> exactly. This is just my sex phone. <laughs> I'll call you on my sex phone. <laughs> babe, babe, hang on. I'm just going to hang up and call you on my sex phone. <laughs> Um, so then there's Michael's sister, Katrina Fitzpatrick, who isn't sus herself, but has said, has said some interesting things. So she says she saw Michael a month prior to his death and she told the ABC in 2015 that he'd given her a necklace and then that he strangely said that he loved her and started to cry. Katrina also had this real issue with Diane or the kids getting Michael's money as well. Oh, my God. Um, she said, quote, if they get that money, to me, that's Michael's work money and he worked hard and those kids got everything, cars, the lot, to the courier in 2008. So it's kind of this vibe of, like, she didn't like Diane, she didn't like the kids, she didn't like them getting his money. Yeah. Um, and she also saw him a month before he died and he starts crying and says, I love you, and gives him her a necklace. It's just, like, a bit, what's going on? Yeah, like, maybe he knew something bad was going to happen. Well, that's the theory, is that potentially did he know or was he involved so kenny griffey which is his son that, i'm sorry worst this name. is so mean but he just sound no one named kenny griffey is not dodgy it is it does. dodgy like he wears a gold chain and he has like a gold like, tooth and he's got like thinning hair on top yeah. and, and it comes down of, in an aggressive yes. widow's peak because widow's peaks look so creepy i'm sorry they're just evil if you have a widow's peak yeah. shave it off shave it, <laughs> shave off. it off shave it off and i say that and my sister has a widow's peak shave that fucking thing off get a fringe yeah. fringes cover up widow's peaks mm-hmm. so kenny's michael kenny griffey michael's son Kenny Griffey with the creepy name. With the widow's peak. And the widow's peak. And the gold chain. <laughs> and the gold chain. And the gold tooth. <laughs> and the gold tooth. Even though that technology and a red, is and a red, outdated. And a red jacket. Yes. And he drives like a... Tarana. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> so he was actually arrested first. He was the first person yes, to get arrested. Yes, I was sus on him as soon as I heard his name. It was Kenny, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but he was released pretty quickly. <laughs> and then Diane was charged. So he was the first to be arrested. He claimed in 2018 he had this really spicy interview with Harold Sun. Mm-hmm. And he claimed that a metal tool used for hammering garden stakes seems incredibly specific to me. <laughs> I've got a separate <laughs> hammer for my I've garden I've got to go stakes. to Bunnings <laughs> and buy a hammering stake for my – a hammering tool for my garden stakes. But only my garden stakes. The garden stakes are getting wobbly. It's separate to my nail hammer. It's a completely different hammer to a normal hammer. It's my garden stake hammer. <laughs> Don't touch it. <laughs> only use it on the garden stakes. If you do use it on anything else, I'll be very upset. I'll have to throw it away. It can't be tarnished. It cannot be used again. <laughs> if my mum listened to this, she'd be upset. She has many hammers for different purposes. What? No one needs many hammers. Yeah. You just need the one hammer. Mum loves her tools. Maybe you might need two hammers. You might need a hammer, like a little hammer like for nails small... and then a large one for large or things. Or a ball peen hammer. Is that what they're a called? A ball peen. They're the ones people use to kill people. They're like pointy. Oh, mm. interesting. What the fuck would you use a pointy hammer for? Killing people only. <laughs> <laughs> murder it's in, the, hammer. it's in the murder section of Bunnings. 
Oh, you're looking for the ball peen hammer? Yeah. It's in the murder section it's of Bunnings. It's in the murder aisle. Sorry about that. I know you're looking in the hammer section, <laughs> but we've only got uh, garden steak hammers yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> he reckons that this garden stake hammer mm. was missing from the garage after his father's murder. Mm. So then moving on kind of to Cassandra Griffey, but we're kind of talking about them together. Right. So obviously she confessed and yes. then retracted the confession. Well, they were like, no. It was, a, oh, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Right. So she confessed <laughs> and then they were like, no, that's not You're a just, thing. Go away, little yeah. girl. Yeah. But Kenny told the Herald Sun in that interview that Cassandra bleached a pair of her jeans before she handed them over to the cops. Bleached a pair of Mm -hmm. her jeans. He even went on further. He said, quote, the pants were covered in blood, but she bleached them so there was no blood on them. Isn't that fucked? Also, this is your sister. Like, can you just cover up for her? I said to Kate, if I murdered someone, I would be like making you do all the cover ups for me. And what did she say? She said, sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we were literally having a combo the other day about like how far you'd have to go for us to be like severed forever as sisters to not yeah and it was literally like there was no limit there was no limit it was like what if you murdered like dad and I've i was got like one. still fine i've got one <laughs> yeah if you killed the dog i think still fine i reckon the dog comes above your parents oh yeah it definitely comes <laughs> it would be definitely harder to forgive her for killing millie than killing dad what if she just like yeeted her into a wall and killed her i'd be really angry <laughs> for a few years i think a few years okay so or maybe a couple of years and then i get over it rift. maybe a few months mm. it depends like it really depends on the context doesn't it but the point being <laughs> is that we just worked out that it has to get to like that level well, that's nice that I mean, gives is me it? hope for I think like it's disgusting. If I have <laughs> siblings that get along, if I have siblings, children that get along as siblings, because I think I could just sneeze and my brother would be like, "You're, You're cancelled. You're cancelled." <laughs> uh, so Kenny also said Diane and Cassandra went to a sprint car racing place that they often <laughs> went to. Oh my god, I'm sorry. They fucking love the sprint cars. Hey? I don't want to shame people, mm. but that's so bogan. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably people in the group that are like. I'm really into sprint. You know, I said to Julian the other day, yeah. we were watching one of our football shows yeah. and there was an add-on for like the V8 supercars. Yeah, yeah. And I said like really seriously, I'm like, babe, what would you do if I just suddenly <laughs> really got into supercars? And he was, he thought for ages and he's yeah. like, oh, I don't know. Like, I think it'd be super weird. Like, <laughs> I don't think I could get over it. But you know what? <laughs> I reckon... <laughs> I'm, I've got a bit of, I think I have, a, I'm like a bit bogan in my soul mm-hmm. because I do love a lot of bogan things. Like I could get into V8 supercar racing. My mum loves the car racing. I could get into it. <laughs> I get it. It's fast. There's a threat of danger yeah, to it. Yeah. I don't um, like it. I mean, I don't think I could go regularly, but what do I go to regularly? I don't go to the AFL or the NRL. I'm an NRL fan. Bogan. Mm, that's Bogan. Fucking yes, NRL, mm. the, the superior football sport. It's so not. At it all. really is. It makes more sense, Josie. It doesn't the, at all. It does too. Run, run, You're run, in lines. Tackle. Yeah. Run, run, run. What, what's AFL running around all over the field and just throwing shit everywhere and kicking it and there's no yeah, rules and you can do whatever you want? Fun. And it can change that, at any yeah, given second. That, because it's stupid and has no real rules and it's made <laughs> up by some bored people. NRL is organised and professional so boring. and there's strategy involved and it's good strategy anyway i'm not going to keep going on this but what i'm saying is NRL is better and it's my podcast episode today and okay. i get to i get to have it's not better next week you can start saying that afl is better and i have i've to always up. said that 
But the point being is I kind of get the car thing. Okay, the sprint cars? Yes. But that's besides the point whether they are bogan or not and whether mm-hmm. that is cool or not. Mm-hmm. It's cool. <laughs> they're cashed up bogans. Yeah. The cashed up bogans. That's where they used to go all the time. And they went there a few days after Michael's murder. And according to Kenny, Cassandra dumped a bag. What? He's, At yeah, the sprint car area? On the way. <gasps> He said, quote, he's throwing her he's under throwing the sprint his car. sister under the sprint car. <laughs> um, so he said, quote, Diane told me she, Cassandra, was carrying a bag and she stopped on the way to Alexandra, which is where the sprint car racing was. She stopped to go to the toilet. She had the bag that she was hiding all the clothes in and she dumped it. Oh. So apparently she just dumped these clothes. I didn't see a lot of stuff and I didn't know about a lot of stuff while dad was alive. I've learned a lot more about my sister and mother. He's being very cryptic and I like it. It's spicy. So Cassandra moved to New South Wales after the murder, but apparently received payments from Diane of up to $20,000, according to Kenny. Payments? Payments of $20,000, yeah, from the, from the payout <gasps> that she got, that Diane got, as in like yes. the life insurance. And then Cassandra went back to Melbourne at the time that this was written, which was 2018, um, had a half share in a transport business with Diane, delivering plasterboard like her dad did. So Diane and Cassandra, close, mm-hmm. work together now. Mm-hmm. They went um, into business together. I'd never go into business mm. with her. She was bouncing checks all over town. I know. Town. <laughs> she did not seem like a good business a good choice. She does not seem like a good business person. Um, she also said something weird and cryptic to the Herald Sun, Cassandra did, when they questioned her again in 2018 after this article. She said, quote, My father's life was very layered and your place, in inverted commas, in his life depended on what you knew about him or if you actually knew him at all and not just what he wanted you to believe. How sweet and sus is that? she's saying that he was the one with all the secrets. Yeah. And not them. Yeah. It's weird, right? And then obviously she confessed. Yeah. And then it got booted. And that in and of itself is weird. Like I know she was young and I do believe that like young people, it's kind of like, okay, well, Mm. who knows? But at the same time. Maybe she was Was she protecting someone? Or maybe she was actually like racked with guilt and was like, I'm just going to confess. Yeah. They're like, run along, little girl. Yeah. I don't know what she's you're like, talking about. She's like, sick, I just got to wear murder. She's like, here's a video of me doing it. No, no, there's no evidence. <laughs> that's Off not you a, go. That's not you murdering someone. That's you just playing with a gardening, what is it called? Uh, hammer. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it. There's some very sus elements, like the having of the party mm. to me well, is weird. That having of the party to me is the least weird now because, like we said... Maybe they didn't know he was missing. Like, yeah. if they had nothing to do with it, they wouldn't necessarily know he was missing. The kids yes. were old enough to not need their dad at all times. That's what I mean. He wasn't married to her anymore. They had a very sporadic interactions. Yeah. So maybe that didn't matter. Like if I'm thinking about New Year's Eve since I was about 14 onwards, like 12 onwards even, 13 onwards, me and my sister would do whatever the fuck we wanted. We'd go and do something else. Sometimes sometimes the family would be together, but it wasn't necessarily. And so if your parents were split up, Mm. there's every chance that he just had like originally even had plans with Gillian or some other woman that yes. he was seeing and was just expected not to be there on New Year's. Yeah. So for him to go missing for four days and for Diane not to know about it yeah, that's and his not kids, weird. that's not weird. It's weird now because it's like that none of them knew and then Gillian put in a – and I, I, w- I would like to know when she'd filed the missing persons report and how long potentially that Diane knew that he was missing as well. But Maybe they yeah. did have New Year's plans, him and 
Julian and then that's, that's when like it three days. Yeah. 29th, 30th, 31st. Mm-hmm. That would be enough for her to be worrying. Yeah, that's true. Um, to me, it's so weird to just leave if, – if I killed someone – Yeah. To just leave them on the premises of my house in that, the garage? Yeah. I mean, that is a weird element and I think that's probably part of the reason that they – let Diane's stuff go because she obviously there was very circumstantial evidence. I mean, mm. the sheet is weird to me, yeah, extremely that's weird. fucking weird. But then at the same Still time, not physical. She may have Still known. Doesn't tie you that directly. No, and it's the word of one ambulance yeah. officer. I guess is what happened. Was it was like this one ambulance officer said, "Oh, I couldn't lift the sheet because it was stuck down." But mm. it's like well, that doesn't mean that no one yeah. could lift the well, sheet. Clearly. It doesn't mean that that edge was the bit like. Yeah, if the trial was thrown out, clearly it wasn't enough tying it to yeah. it. Or she'd be tried for it. But the money, I feel like the money is definitely what it all hinges on because... But couldn't you just threaten someone with a hammer and say, open the safe? No, not the $1,000. Oh. I feel like that's all cover up. Mm. But I feel like that's what—that's the weird part because the safe only had three people that could open it. I don't even know who this third person <laughs> was because I'm a shit researcher. Um, if anyone else can figure it out, let us know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't... I don't um, you think all the money issues are very weird. Well, I just think that he had the two life insurances. He had the two properties. There was a lot of money to be gained by him dying. And mm. at the time, Diane and the kids were the ones to gain. Mm-hmm. But then also Gillian has said that there was meant to be this other will. So yeah. she allegedly thinks there's another will. So that so implicates she her. Might have had something to gain. Then you've got the elements of these other women mm-hmm. that he has seen. Yep. Um, you know, there's, there's so many people. I feel like this guy made a little bit of a mess. Legit, when Cassandra said he's got layers to his life, she was not lying about yeah. that. And that he, quote is interesting to me as well, what she said. That's yeah. so cryptic and weird. What is that saying about his life? What Was yeah, he in like, other things? Was he into other shit? They were very tied businessy. to sprint car driving. Mm-hmm. So there was this whole thing that I didn't talked about where he had had a combo with diane about oh, i did say it about kenny yes kenny's sprint car, car business. business or whatever mm. so it's like then there's that whole other thing of you know were there sus things going on was he involved in anything sus were there gambling debts mm-hmm. that needed to be paid were there shady diane obviously apparently shady was gambling. deals he knew people at the bank mm-hmm. maybe there was like sus people there <laughs> The bank. Maybe there was like the mailman was sus. Bankers giving him sus deals. Did they have a like evil, you know, dog walker? The pool cleaner. (laughs) The tennis court (laughs) maintenance man. The The garden stake hammering man. That does the like white lines (laughs) on the tennis courts. He was up to his eyeballs in debt. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's so weird to me that there's all this money shit going on. That business was basically bankrupt, mm. but he still had 700 houses, was paying the mortgage of another one for another woman, was paying the rent for mm. another woman. Like he was kind of living beyond his means a little bit. He downsized, yeah. sold a couple of houses. Got rid of that tennis court. Got rid of the tennis so court. So much upkeep on that <laughs> tennis court. You know, you don't need the maintenance person mm-hmm. anymore. He was in financial trouble, but mm. it doesn't sound like he was doing anything to get out of that financial trouble mm. like it's not like diane had to kill him to get the life insurance because she was in debt up to her eyeballs that was their joint business yeah so he was also in debt well, up that's to his eyeballs. why there's that whole extra theory where mm. he said you know cried with his sister yes. and all of that was like oh, you think he 
because he had health problems, mm-hmm. which we do know. And he'd been in hospital, had a really bad health scare. Yeah. He's also got all this debt and like, you know, it's, it's actually really shitty and sad, but like a lot of people that have gambling debt mm-hmm. sadly take their own life sometimes. Because they can't see Because a way they out. literally can't find yeah. a way out. You know, he's got these kids to provide for and stuff. But then I just can't imagine like if he got shot in the head, I would go, I'd be leaning more towards that because I'd be like, okay, well, you know, that's a way that you can kill yourself or someone can kill mm. you. Mm-hmm. But you're not really going to like literally hammer yourself in the head. Like how horrible, what a horrible yes. way to die. I yeah. don't know why anyone would do that. Yeah, And it's not like the traditional hitman way no. of doing things. It just seems like someone else has done that to him mm. without him expecting it. Because I just cannot think of a person that would be like, sure, hammer me in the head. You mm. know what I mean? Like that's just not what people Maybe do. Maybe it was just... When he saw his sister, is just stressed. He could have just been stressed, exactly. Like, that's the thing. That's what's so annoying with mysterious cold cases is there's all these little elements. Yeah. And it's like if you just knew what why the person was doing things that he did, but you wouldn't question it at the time. Like, I totally get how Katrina was just like, what's wrong? Like, why are you suddenly so emotional? Like, mm. maybe you're just having a bad time. And then in the aftermath of what happened, she's like, fuck, that was probably yes, like a sign like that I needed to talk to him about something. A huge moment, but yeah. she didn't really realize. And she's, Katrina's the one who's really pushing for more information to come forward on this. Mm. And there's actually was like a, a good quote in the Pakenham Gazette, which, you know, I didn't even know existed, but here we are from Detective Sergeant Martin Robinson in 2016, which said, I'm hoping that by bringing Michael's death to the public attention again will remind people of something they saw or heard back then. I am sure there are people who are struggling with the burden of the information they hold about Michael's death, and I urge them to tell their story and provide some closure to Michael's friends and family. Mm. So it's like, and I get this because it's like, there's all these little woven elements to it. it's very messy. Did someone slip up somewhere? Is there some information somewhere? Mm. Did someone just not even realize like it's almost like when we talked about Azaria Chamberlain even though this is completely different because mm-hmm. as we have said this is fucked but like <laughs> the guy that was just cruising around <laughs> talking about this seeing a baby in a dingo's mouth yes. at some point and yeah. had just never told the police like it was yeah. just running around town telling people telling everyone pubs, else yeah but had never decided to go to the police it's like did someone have a weird interaction with them at yeah. some point. Anyway, so obviously if anyone listening knows anything, by yes. all means, because this is a pretty recent pretty case recent. and it's local-ish. Yeah. There's a lot of people in the group, there's going to definitely be someone that knows them or knew of them or yeah, something. Yeah, they sound like a pretty high-profile like local family. Yeah. So, well-known. Um, but anyway, if you know who the third person was that had <laughs> the safe the combination, safe. let us know in the group because people would have been around – like reading the news when this was happening, especially local news. And yeah. I honestly could not fucking find it on I the know. internet. This happens with murders. Um, if, you know, you knew the family or anyone from – if you like sprint car racing. I'm sorry. I, I love you. a lot of mean things. <laughs> <laughs> Come and tell Josie how shit AFL is and how great NRL is. Since um, when are you an, AF, an NRL I always fan? I grew up with NRL. You never talk uh, about Penrith NRL. Penrith Panthers forever. This is the first time you've ever mentioned this is, NRL. Okay, it's definitely not something I bring up all the time. Half. I grew up. In Newcastle, going to the Knights games. I haven't liked AFL. I've liked AFL for like four years. Yeah. I would be killed by my local Newcastle people for saying all this stuff I think it's about dad AFL. loved it so I'm it was taking like origin risk. and stuff was like like Andrew Johns when he was like yeah that, and um, he was like the king Gordon of origin Tallis. Yeah, but he was Queensland yeah but I'm just saying people's names oh, that I remember from names. that time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Wing um John Johnson great player don't know who that is I made him up 
Oh. <laughs> you were trying to catch me out, you little <laughs> shit. Um, on that note, guys, bye. Bye. Bye.